Hello, and welcome to the Dead History Podcast, exploring the history behind urban legends, true crime, and the paranormal. Thanks for joining us. We are your hosts, Matt and Jennifer Jones, and we're here to give the past new life. In this episode, we'll be talking about one of the strangest stories involving a creepy old man and his obsession with a woman that took place mostly after her death. If his name isn't familiar to you, you've probably seen pics on the internet. Costs for running a blog, doing research in the podcast can get really pricey. Patreon is a great way to support the content that you enjoy and get special perks in the process. Head on over to patreon.com slash thedeadhistory to see how you can help support the podcast. We have various levels of perks. You can dip in or dip out as you please with no commitment. We're just happy to have your support. Thanks. Updates for this episode. We're technically in a new season. So this is season two. I know season one was really long. Welcome to season two. We we also took uh, January off so that Jen could recover from surgery. She's doing fantastic and stronger than ever. I feel like a new person, honestly. It's fantastic. It's almost time for our walking tours to start up again. Our calendar will be available starting the end of March, and the tours will run through Halloween. Three tours to choose from. Ghosts of Ogden, Electric Alley, and our historic true crime tour, Ogden Untamed. It's very popular. We're also planning a trip in May. Uh, We'll be heading out to Ohio to investigate the Ohio State Reformatory with our friend Helmy Kramer. You've heard him on previous episodes. As well as some friends from Ohio. There's also another well-known location we're hoping to get into, but that's not solid yet, so we don't want to spoil it. We'll be recording May's podcast episode while we're on the road, possibly from one of the haunted locations. You won't want to miss that one. This year, we've gotten into the Salt Lake Oddities and Curiosities Expo. That's scheduled for Saturday, September 10th. Come out and see us. We'll be selling our morbid miniatures and other strange and unique items. We would love to see you there. We have also secured the date for our annual Wendover Paranormal Experience. The date for this year is September 24th. Tickets will go on sale towards the end of April. And if you're signed up for one of our newsletters, we'll send out the announcement. If not, go do that now so you don't miss out. Our newsletter is available on our webpage, thedeadhistory.com. So Jennifer, what are we talking about this time? We are talking about uh, one of the just strangest, creepiest, gross stories that's been floating around the internet for a few years now. Um, It's about the creepy old man who dug up and then kept a woman's corpse in his house for years. Most of the stories or the people that have written about or talked about this, they kind of gloss over everything. So in this episode, we're really going to dig in and and give you the full story just so you can really appreciate how disturbing it really is. It is really disturbing. Yeah, I wish you guys could have seen Matt's face as he was reading over our script. I I should have recorded some of that because the faces he was making was just awesome. Wide-eyed, abject horror. Like, it's a story of obsession compulsion, uh, naivete of parents and other family members. It's just absolutely remarkable that this could have happened. Anyway, I don't want to spoil anything. 
All right. So we'll just get into it. Yep. So this happened um, early in the morning of October 25th, 1931. A young woman named Maria Elena Hoyos died in her parents' home in Key West, Florida. Elena was 22 years old and had suffered from tuberculosis for years. Ordinarily, Elena's death would have been mostly forgotten, just one of the many who died from a disease that at the time was incurable. Unfortunately, Elena had the misfortune of meeting a creepy old man who would cause her death to still be talked about almost 100 years later. And that creepy old man was 53-year-old Carl Tanzler, also known as Dr. Tanzler or Carl Tanzler von Cosell. Um, It kind of depends on what he felt like using at the time. He went by numerous names, and I'm pretty sure there's probably other names out there that he went by that we're just not aware of. She unfortunately met him when she was brought to Key West's Marine Hospital for an exam. And a fun fact, um, the hospital is still standing today and is currently being used as condos known as Mills Place, which I don't I don't know who thinks it's a good idea to take old hospitals and turn them into apartments and condos. Yeah, lots of attachments to that place, I'm sure. So on April 22nd, 1930, Elena's husband, Luis, brought her for an x-ray and hopefully treatment that would save her life. Carl happened to be working at the hospital as an x-ray tech. And despite the fact that Elena was married, as well as being 21 years younger than him, he would later say that he fell instantly in love with her. After the exam, it was found that she was in the advanced stages of pulmonary tuberculosis for which there was no cure. And it was just a matter of time before she died. From all accounts from that point on, Carl would just randomly show up at Elena's house every chance he got. Her husband, Luis, had left Key West for, to work elsewhere in the state, and so Elena, Elena's parents were caring for her. So, radiology tech, we learned latest, later that he fell in love with her, and then he just starts showing up at her parents' house while the husband's out of town. Right. This is normal. Yeah. This is fine. So according to Carl, he did everything he could to save her life. Um, And he would go so far as like after she died, he would blame her family for not following his instructions, whatever those might have been, and in turn causing her death. So he blamed the family for her tuberculosis death. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, there was one he claimed that um, she had gone on a car ride or in a car ride with her father, like shortly before she died. And so that like because the father, you know, didn't keep her in the bed or follow his directions and took her for a car ride, then it was their fault that she died. It wasn't the TB. Right. Of an incurable disease. Right. Right. So follow my instructions and she can make it through this Mm -hmm. she can be cured and never die this is just a a hint of this guy's state of mind oh yeah we haven't even like scratched the surface so um during these visits he repeatedly asked elena to marry him and elena's sister would later tell reporters and police that elena would politely decline telling tansler that she was married and still in love with her husband despite their separation Um, She was also said to have told him, quote, you are too old. Why, you are old enough to be my grandfather. What's more, I do not love you. And that's what her sister um, would later say that Elena told Tanzler. 
you are not required to be polite to a creep. Like, I don't know how this is, you know. Well, I mean, back then. It was common back then, right? Yeah. So, thankfully, like, people are learning that today you don't, you don't have to be polite to creepos. That's good. We need need more of that. Totally. Uh, Creepy Carl just ignored all of that and would later go on to claim that Elena had agreed to marry him, but wanted to wait until she was well. Um, Obviously, that never happened, and she died on October 25th, 1931. According to her death certificate, she was buried in the Key West Cemetery the following day, the 26th, and Carl just did not know what to do with himself. According to his own testimony, he obsessed over the thought of Elena's body lying underground and alone. Because how else would a dead person be, right? Out of his mind. Just scratching the surface, folks. So not long after her funeral, Tanzler convinced Elena's father to let him build a mausoleum for her and have the body reinterred there. Her father, you know, he had no clue just how creepy this guy was. And so he was like, yeah, sure, okay. I think he had a clue. I mean, did he not know? Did his, sister, her, his other daughter not ever mention? This guy keeps showing up. Luis is out of town. He keeps asking to marry her. We met this guy at the hospital. He was an x-ray tech. And now he's showing up at the house. Yeah, but at the same time, like, you know, her parents were probably desperate to get her the best care possible. And he presented himself as this guy who could take the best care of her and provide, you know, the best health care. So I could I could kind of see, you know, and there might have also possibly been a language barrier there. Uh, yeah. So he's I can. A, he's a doctor. Yeah. Quote, doctor. Sure. Okay. Okay, I can, I can stretch over that. Okay. <laughs> so, um... So he, he put her in the mausoleum. Yeah, he puts her in the mausoleum, um, but her remains would not stay there for very long, because within three weeks, he opened the steel casket and then made a small hole in the galvanized container and would later say, quote, there was an awful odor. Um, He opened the wooden coffin and again, quote, there were many vermin in there. I decided then and there I would take the remains and preserve them for me always. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's just not to be too gross, but Florida. Right. Hot, humid. The the wildlife has already made its way into the, the outer coffin. Um. And there's, there's a galvanized liner within to prevent leakage. Mm-hmm. So this took place um, towards the end of 1931. And then on October 6, 1940, so years later, um, Elena's sister, Florinda, had been hearing just rumors of creepy Carl's strange behavior and they had to do with her sister and, and just, you know, she was like fed up she couldn't deal with it anymore so she decided to uh, pay a visit to carl's house and lo and behold saw the body of her sister lying on the bed that she died in inside creepy carl's shack on 17th and flagler avenue right so this this is another strike against the parents in my opinion the girl this woman died in their home in a bed in their home and this um, a bed that he purchased. 
Right. Right. He, he purchased the bed, took it to the home, and then took it back after she died. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we're moving, moving into Norman Bates territory, right? And oh, we've, 100%. We've, we've got more territory to cover. Yeah. So Florinda, absolutely horrified, uh, immediately went to the police. The police went to inspect the mausoleum, and lo and behold, it's completely empty. So they proceeded to Dr. Tansler's house and uh, found Elena's body and immediately arrested him. And I want to describe the scene um, that Florinda and the police walked into just to, you know, mm-hmm. paint the picture. So Elena's body was on a canopied bed dressed in a filmy negligee adorned with jewels and had fresh flowers in her hair. And the closet was full of bridal finery. And Tansler would later tell police that he would dress her in different clothes. Holy shit. Like, now we're, now we're in new territory, right? <laughs> so he's, he's playing dress-ups with his bride. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk about creepy Carl a little bit. Sure, why not? Okay. Uh, I have a feeling that this probably wasn't the first creepy thing he did. I don't think you go from like harmless creep to body snatching and whatever else he was doing just like that. No, it would have to be a progression. So he he's extremely difficult to track through the historical record. Um, he claimed to be a doctor. He claimed to have nine college degrees, including electrical engineering, chemistry and medicine. The police couldn't verify any of those. Um, He used different names and would often spell the names differently as well. He uh, was from Germany. He spoke with a German accent, pretty thick German accent. And he was actually married to a woman named Doris and, you know, was still married to her while all of this was going on. And not only, you know, were they married, but they had a daughter together. Oh, my gosh. So he's got family. Obviously estranged. No shit. I wonder I wonder if they ever heard about this stuff. That's remarkable. Well, she knew about it after it happened. I don't know if, if right. Doris had any clue at the time. They she, if I remember correctly, she also lived in Florida, but she wasn't like near to where he was living. She was a couple hours away. So I gotcha. Okay. So he would uh, later tell police that he had kept Elena's body in an airplane fuselage for two years before moving it into his home. He also said that she sometimes came to life and would speak to him. He built an organ to serenade her and said he preserved her with chemicals he mixed in his laboratory. He described it as, quote, feeding her tissues and would also use a powerful x-ray to stimulate cavities in her body. And I have to think that with all of this just weird, bizarro, gross things he was doing, like he had to be radioactive. Sure. Or, you know, maybe those chemicals contributed to his absolute, you know, uh, mental pathology because it, you know, could have been mercury in there. It could have been all sorts of things. Mercury is a powerful um, preservative. Um, and. By this time, what cavities in his body, in her body, would, would he really be concerned with? Like, you. Why, would they, why would he need to stimulate anything? 
So her remains were taken to the Lopez funeral parlors where it was found that she was basically just bones covered with wax and plaster of Paris. Her face had been molded from a death mask that Tanzler had made shortly after she died. Um, he was charged with disturbing a grave and vandalism. Remarkable. So this is this has gone from Norman Bates territory where body snatching, preserving the body, dressing them up, interacting with them um, to the point of intimacy. Um, and now we're now we're in the house of wax territory with Vincent Price, right? If you haven't seen that show, check it out. He's preserving people's bodies, body snatching and uh, covering them with, with wax and in his wax museum. Fun fact, um, Charles Bronson's, one of Charles Bronson's first roles was as Igor in that, in that, uh, movie house of wax, um, just four four years after he started acting. Um, this is horrifying, horrifying. So, um, just bones. He's obviously been implying, uh, wax and plaster parish materials, um, you know, to, to preserve her. Like, I'm sure there's a lot more that they couldn't share. Oh, 100%. And he was also um, sleeping next to the body every night. So, I mean, it was just... And he he didn't have, like, when when it says, you know, his laboratory and all that, he literally lived in a shack. Um, I picture him as, a, like, a, an extreme hoarder with just strange things, like an airplane fuselage that... You know, he dragged right through the streets to his house like and sat junk, in his front yard. Like a junkyard back there, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. So. Doing science. Mm. Now, Jennifer has found a lot of materials um, to contribute to the story here. Clippings, photographs, uh, anything that was fit to print. Uh, so if you're interested in seeing some of this, including a, a picture of uh, Elena while she was alive, um, to visualize this better, uh, that's available through our Patreon. So check that out, uh, and you'll be able to uh, get those materials uh, as a Patreon subscriber. During the trial, uh, Tanzler testified that in his early youth, he had a dream and envisioned a beautiful girl's face framed in long black tresses, who clearly told him she was to be his promised bride. For nearly 50 years, he traversed the earth seeking that girl. Then he examined Elena that day in 1930. And he knew she was that girl. There's there's just so much wrong with all of that. Right. And you you might be able to pick up on Jennifer's quotation voice. Because this guy was whack. Yeah. Um, He underwent, not surprisingly, a sanity hearing. And he was deemed sane. Figure this one out. I can't. I'm guessing they meant... I don't even know. Like, he knew right from wrong. I He was not sane and... Any way that I can wrap my head around. Yeah. Takes me back to spies like us. Doctor, 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 doctor. Do you concur? Yeah. Well, yes, I, I concur, doctor. Well, doctor, thank you. You're obviously sane. So this this story actually just really freaking bugs me for, for so many different reasons, which I'll kind of get to a little more at the end. But um, at trial, he had the audacity to demand that Elena's remains be returned to him because, quote, she is mine. Her father gave her to me. I am more entitled to her than her sister. 
That's what he told the judge. Yeah. And, you know, the, the defense attorney signed off on this. On, in fact, he went further, didn't he? Yeah. He also told the court that he was certain he could bring her back to life. Um, and his defense attorney said, quote, I think it would be a crime to take that old man's dream away from him. That's a quote. Ew. The defense attorney said it would be a crime to take the old man's dream away from him. Like, let's forget about the fact that she was her own person. She was not his property. She was not married to him. She did not love him. Like, I don't understand. Right. And the real crime would be taking this woman's body away from right. the good doctor. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he found a really good... Uh, kindred in in that defense attorney they're both out of their minds um the attorney also said that tansler could not be convicted of maliciously disturbing the tomb because he acted out of love complete delusion Mm -hmm. like yeah and i really think that um elena's sister florinda said it best when she said quote i want it to be known that when he says elena was his wife that he speaks an untruth he claims her as his wife He testified at the hearing because she promised to marry him. My sister made no such promise. She never loved him. She was only nice to him because my mother told her that she should be kind to those who were kind to her. Right. And this is the start of the the damaging behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Be nice to people who are nice to you, even if they're absolute gonzo creeps. Yeah. I just like her... Her sister, in my opinion, was just awesome because she knew like yeah. she knew that something weird was going on and she fought it the whole the whole time to the best of her ability. You know? Yep. So unfortunately, it was determined that the statute of limitations had expired and there was nothing they could do to Tansler. This poor old man, you know, just, just let him go. Garbage. Yeah. Florinda was given Elena's remains and had them secretly reburied in the Key West Cemetery. And to this day, the exact spot where Elena's remains lie is publicly unknown. Um, It was Florinda, one or two of the undertakers, and I believe maybe the sheriff. And they all vowed um, to basically take it to their graves. Like they would not tell anyone where in the cemetery she's exactly buried. That's best because there's plenty of plenty of wackos still out there. Tansler. That would romanticize this. Oh, for sure. Tansler would go on to charge people money for tours of his creepy shack slash lab. He also gave lectures on how life could be extended with a series of treatments. Ultimately, he ran out of money, was evicted from his shack, and went to live in Zephyr Hills with his sister, which I'm sure she was really thrilled about that. Um, And an interesting tidbit is five hours after he left town, at 1.45 a.m., an explosion occurred at the door of Elena's tomb. The door had been blown off with two sticks of dynamite, and most people in the area believed that it was the work of Creepy Carl. Yeah, un- undoubtedly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a stop on the sem- to the cemetery on my way out of town. Like, this, this guy, I mean, I don't know where he was giving lectures. Maybe it was on a soapbox on a corner in the park or something. But, you know, charging people to take a tour of his shack slash lab next to the junkyard. I mean, just the scene. I can only imagine what that would have been like. I paid a nickel for this? (laughs) Holy crap. I mean, if there's one, like, silver lining in the whole story is that uh, he died alone in August of 1952. And 
His body was found approximately three weeks after his death. So again, this time, summer, Florida. I'm sure that was a lot of fun. Um, Interestingly, Tansler was quick to tell people that he would never die because he had died once and he didn't like it. Oh. Oh, okay. But, you know, I can see how that would stand to figure with his mindset. Yeah. Sure. When um, police went into his house, they found photo albums full of pictures of Elena, her home, and her sleeping corpse. They also found poems he had written to her. Each album had a title such as The Secret of the Tomb and Elena in the Battle for Life. And they also found a life-sized wax figure in the corner that looked exactly like Elena. House of Wax, people. I'm telling you. Go check it out if you haven't already. So that is the the full story of Elena Hoyos Mesa and Creepy Carl. And honestly, like the thing that bothers me the most about this is how some people at the time and even to a degree today tried to spin it into like this tragic love story. You know, like this poor heartbroken man. He was just so in love and oh my God, you took the corpse from him. How could you be so cruel? And it, it was never that at all. It was 100% always a really creepy old man with severe mental issues and um, obsession. Truly. Mental health is real. Well, that that's the story. Um, if you didn't catch it before, Jennifer pulled a, a ton of resources. She's got pictures of the figures, uh, the mausoleum, uh, creepy Dr. Carl Tanzler, uh, as well as um, some clippings of, of news at the time. So, um, if you want to, if you want any help visualizing this, um, if you're into that, <laughs> come on over to the Patreon and uh, check it out. Uh, that's going to be available for our premium subscriber. All right, folks, that's what we've got for you today. Welcome to season two. We'll be back next month. See you then. Bye.